Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends, and as you know, lately I've been kind of on a roll with talking about brains and habits and how to overcome and how to get yourself to do what you otherwise can't get yourself to do, and today's guest, Dana Wild, is going to take us right there. I'm so excited to have Dana with us. She's going to talk to us today about training your brain, how to supercharge your results, and during this hour, you can expect to discover the cycle of perpetual sameness and how to break out of yours, some first steps for change, the power of mantras, and the use of perfect language. Dana's going to explain that. The value and practicalities of transitory statements, the power of questions, the word because, and the stories we tell, how anyone gets anywhere, and the five live practice mindware experiments that we're going to do here together on the air this afternoon. Our guest today, Dana Wild, is um, the author of Train Your Brain, How to Build a Million-Dollar Business in Record Time. Her background includes being the winner of two Telly Awards for writing and producing, and when she's not unraveling the mysteries of the brain, Dana is passionate about helping people and animals playing baritone, ukulele, and she's a raw food wannabe. All right, Dana, welcome to you. (laughs) Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here, and as you can tell, I'm uh, passionate about this topic, and one of the things that I really love, and I've been... I've been really kind of overwhelmed in the past year, Dana, with some of the new research that's come out on the brain and how we how we learn and how we have habits and how we can break them. It's very exciting to me that after all these years of, of studying and trying to understand that there's actually some information out here now that can really help us take giant leaps forward, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. Honestly, change is a lot easier than you'd realize once you know the elements to make it happen. Yeah, it's very exciting. I always say, like, how grateful I am that, you know, Ford invented the car. Uh, Now, that's how grateful I am that we have all of this information about the brain because it really does make things go so much faster. Well, Mm -hmm. in your story of understanding the brain, you were actually just on a personal quest uh, when you began this down this path, weren't you? Yeah, I'm much like you, I just had a passion for the subject. And even in high school, I was one of these kids who always had my nose in a book with all of the kind of latest self-help books of the time. And this was the late 70s, so of course it was all the I'm okay, you're okay era. And now, over the years, as time has gone on, we're really just getting smarter and smarter about how our brains work. And the last decade... To 15 years, especially with uh, brain scanning technology, brain imaging technology, we're really starting to have a full understanding of how limitless our minds are. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, let's go ahead and dive right in here and talk about what you call the cycle of perpetual sameness and how to break out of it. 
Well, if you can imagine, all of us come into this world, we're, we're clean slates, really. We are, you know, little babies with, you know, not too much ideas about anything that are predisposed. And so we go through our lives and we start to learn things like how to pick up an object or, or how to walk across a room. And we give these tasks our full conscious attention. So if you look at a little toddler taking those first steps, you know, the full conscious mind is focused in that moment, balancing, navigating space, you know, even picking up an object. Think of all the muscles in your hand that it takes to to grab a hold of an object. And the conscious mind, you know, most of us are familiar with our conscious mind as being that really chatty thinking mind that's in our head kind of yakking all day long. Well, when we're learning something, whether we be a toddler learning how to cross a room or whether we're adults and we're learning a new computer program or we're learning, you know, a presentation or something to that effect, we are quieting those noisy minds of ours and we're focusing in the moment and we're giving those tasks our full conscious attention. But what happens over time is that we practice things over and over and over and over again so that most of us today, when we get up and walk across a room or when we reach out and we pick up an object, we don't have to, quote, unquote, think about it, so to speak. We do those things unconsciously. We turn those tasks over to our unconscious mind. We also turn our identity traits over to our unconscious mind, things like, You know, I'm quick to temper, or I'm a a chocolate hound, or I'm an animal lover, I hate broccoli, I'm a bad swimmer, I'm good at art, all of those things. We don't have to think about those things. We just know those is, is, they're who we are. We've practiced those ideas about ourselves over and over and over again and turn them over to our unconscious minds. Uh, Brain scientists estimate that about 95 to 99% of our day is spent acting unconsciously. And the reason I call it the cycle of perpetual sameness is I, I can tell you a little story that I think would illustrate the point. We um, worked with a, a client who was a filmmaker, and he was shy. He'd been shy his entire life. And he was having a challenge because he was walking into networking events, and he would stumble and stammer and not be able to string together a sentence. And it would be, you know, like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So he had this idea in his unconscious mind, he's shy. He'd walk out into the outside world, and the the brain automatically would react. He didn't have to look up on a list if he was shy or not. He'd start to sweat and stammer (laughs) and stutter, right? And then the worst part is most of us don't stop there. We have a bad experience. We, we leave the experience, and then we beat ourselves up, and he was no different. It would be like, I'm so stupid. Nobody's going to want to work with me. What's mm. the matter with me? I hate myself. I'm never going to get this project done. Bang, and I fell over the head. And so what happens is that self-talk, that negative uh, talk, ends up reinforcing the picture in the unconscious mind. Lots of emotions develop. Now we're back reinforcing that picture in the unconscious mind. So then, sure, of course, the next time we have to act, it's the same. So round and round it goes, the cycle of perpetual sameness. We, we have a, a belief stored in our unconscious mind. We act on it. We beat ourselves up about it. We reinforce the belief. We act on it. We beat ourselves up, and so on and so forth. And so this is the cycle. This is why most people only see incremental change in their lives. Mm. How do you break it? Well, there are basically three stops. You know, it's a great question because there are really three exits off the off the cycle. Exit number one is the unconscious mind. You can go out and you can get hypnotherapy, um, you know, self-directed hypnosis and make the change. Exit number two 
is in that behavior in the outside world. So that's the method most of us use from January 1st till January 4th of every year. (laughs) (laughs) We try to to force ourselves to behave differently. And then accident number three is in that self-talk. If we can, you know, the, the, the mind, the unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. And so the damage is not done in the one time that we stammer uh, or, you know, sweat and don't make a connection. The damage is done in the 1,000 times we relive it in our mind and beat ourselves up about it. So insert mm-hmm. your trait here. You, you know, if you're a procrastinator or if you, um, you know, don't like that you're quick to temper or if you have no patience or if you're disorganized or if you, you know, are always feeling so overwhelmed, all those things that you're chronically thinking about, the problem isn't that you procrastinate the one time. The problem is that, we like to say, the problem is not the problem. The problem is that you're mm. constantly talking and thinking about the problem. Mm. So what, is, what are a person's first steps to change them? Well, step number one, the very most important step, is to get aware. Start becoming aware of what are those chronic things that you're saying to yourself. What are those chronic thoughts that you're having and a lot of times we call them chronic thoughts but the reality is most of the time this stuff is coming right outside of our mouth realize that in your brain there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system and the reticular activating system's full-time job all day every day is to match up the outside world to the inside world picture so if you know, let's say I have a positive mindset about my business. Let's say I think I attract great customers for my business. Well, my reticular activating system spends all day every day filtering through the billions of bits of information in my awareness and and hones in on those great customers. You know, right now, everywhere, everyone who's listening to this, wherever you're sitting, think about all the sights and sounds and sensations that you're experiencing right now in this one second. Well, that reticular activating system matches everything in the outside world to what's already stored in your unconscious mind. So when you can start to pay attention, when you can get really aware of what you're thinking about and what you're talking about, then it starts to really make sense why you have the world. One of the ones I like to bust myself on, you'll probably really appreciate this, is I know I catch myself all the time doing that I'm so busy mantra. Oh, how are you? Oh, right. busy. How are you? I'm so busy. Wow, yep. I can't believe how busy I am. Oh, man, I'm so busy. how am I ever going to get everything done? I'm so busy. It's good, though. I'm happy I'm busy, but, man, I'm busy. Okay, so you can't get a peaceful life by talking about how busy you are all the time, you know? Just like you can't get rich by talking about how broke you are. And, you know, you can't get, get uh, you know, any any uh, Thin by talking about how heavy you are. I mean, there's all of these. There's millions of those. You have to realize that the crux of the problem is to get aware, get aware, get aware. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's kind of where the perfect language comes in then, isn't it? Yeah. With perfect language, and the reason we want people to understand perfect language is because if you can understand how the brain works at its core essence, we can start from that seedling of perfect language and we can we can spin out from that and and we've got 20 mind work experiments in the train your brain book we can spin out and teach you how to coax yourself into better places but perfect language if you think about it as kind of old school affirmations there's a reason that those sentences that we see out there i'm abundant i'm a money magnet 
Money is flowing to me. Everything's going my way. Every day and every way I'm getting better and better. I mean, those kinds of things are impactful, and they've, they've worked. They've gained such popularity because they uh, build on some basic principles about how the brain works. When you're using perfect language, you're, you're talking in a way that the reticular activating system can match up. You know, if I'm saying things like, well, I, I hope money's flowing to me, the reticular activating you know, system, your, your unconscious mind says, sure, Dana, we'll work that out. We hope it is too. <laughs> you know, we're going to match that up for you. Maybe it will be, maybe it won't. But when you use strong, perfect language like I'm abundant, now you give the brain something to work with. Now the brain can get busy matching that up. Go ahead and, and talk to us then about what perfect language actually is. How does it differ from hopeful language or maybe even negative language? Sure. Well, if you can think of, if you continually think of this brain as a little matchmaker, it makes it very, very easy. Um, so, for example, there are four basic elements to perfect language. The first one is make your statement in the positive. Make it in the affirmative. So the brain thinks in pictures. And if I say something like, don't think about pink elephants, your brain is automatically going to think about pink elephants. And the reason being is that your brain thinks about the subject of the sentence. So if I say things like, I don't want debt or I want out of debt, the brain visualizes debt. Whereas if I say I'm financially abundant, the brain visualizes abundance. So the, the brain is always looking at that picture of the main subject of the sentence. So you want your statement to be in the positive. Number two you want to state it as though it's already happened. Now, this is an interesting one, because, but once you understand the brain's a matchmaker, it becomes really, really easy to understand. If you state something as though it's going to happen in the future, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire, your brain says, aye, aye, Captain, I'm here to help you out and match that up perfectly. You sure are going to be a millionaire, but not today. <laughs> Maybe one day, but not now. So when we state these really uh, affirmative statements as though they've already happened, it makes it very easy for the brain to go, yes, I'll match that up. The next one is you want to make it believable. So it might not be believable for you to make that statement, I am a millionaire, right? And if that's the case, then, you know, bring it back a little bit. Make, incre make the increment about 10% or 20% of your income, and suddenly the brain will believe it. And here's why. The unconscious mind is our best friend. Anything you tell your unconscious mind, your unconscious mind says, aye, aye, Dana, we're going to take care of that. You know, and if you, the, unfortunately, the conscious mind, that thinking mind that's chatting in our head every day is not such a good friend. That chatting mind is the, the part that's saying, you know, you're, you say, I'm, I'm a millionaire, and your unconscious mind says, yes, Dana, you sure are. And your conscious mind says, no, you're not, dummy. <laughs> Maybe you've got a million right. nickels. And so it's that angel on one shoulder, devil on the other. So that's the third part about perfect language, make your statement believable. And then the fourth one is go for the emotional impact. You know, if the, the only part of our mantras that really are valuable, if I could change the Train Your Brain book and it would, it, to say anything, it would probably just say two words. And the whole two words would be feel good, because really yes. that is the, the heart of it. If, if we, the only reason we say our mantras, we call them mantras rather than affirmations, and we use perfect language, is 
you're going for the emotional impact. You want yourself to feel good. If you can say things to yourself over and over again, because it's hard to believe, but the brain cannot think more than one thought at a time. It really only can think one thought at a time, and I know it doesn't feel like that. People always question me on that, but that's the truth. So if you are saying a thought like, I'm financially abundant, I'm a money magnet, money's flowing to me, everything's going my way, everything's going my way, everything's going my way, everything's going my way. If you're saying that in a way that is generating positive emotion in you, that it's working. That's the only thing, that's the, the main reason to do your mantras. Hmm. Excellent. This is Marnie Sudberg. We're visiting today with Dana Wilde, the author of Train Your Brain. We're going to come right back and talk a little bit more about mantras and also about transitory statements, how you can get from where you are to where you want to be. We'll be right back. planning an event for women or maybe you would like to attend an event for women but you don't know where to find them if you go over to womensevents.info which is a subdomain again of com, but it's called womensevents.info you will find all of the major upcoming women's events including Beth Moore, Women's Faith, all kinds of different events there and you are welcome to add your own Christian women's event at that site there's usually a per event cost or else a per month cost and you can do unlimited per month or a year unlimited or a lifetime unlimited or if you just join the mentorship program at marnie.com with the shop button at the top right of the marnie.com page you are going to get all of that <laughs> included you can enter all of your events there so check it out at womensevents.info 21 day wins i love these these occur most months of the year the only time i don't do a 21 day win group coaching is if i will be traveling more than two of the three coaching sessions in the month so if you want to break a habit replace a bad habit with a good one or start a new habit or if you want to complete a project and you'd like some help so maybe this is something you've been trying to do for a while and you'd like to really get it done this month you just go over to marnie.com and under events pick live and upcoming events and you can register for a 21 day win there you can pay for that monthly you can pay for it for life and get in as many as you want or you can just join the mentorship program at the shop button at the top of any page at marnie.com and members get in free always it includes a work as well as the weekly group coaching over at a private Facebook page. So hope you'll join us for an upcoming 21-day win. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and our guest today, Dana Wild, is here sharing with us about her Train Your Brain book and some of the content in there. We've been talking about perfect language, about taking first steps, becoming aware of what we are really saying to ourselves and in our thoughts. Dana, I know that um, if, if people go over to the link there, um, danawild.biz, you've got something for them over there. Maybe tell us a moment what that is. Yeah, yeah, over at DanaWild.biz, and my name is spelled D-A-N-A-W-I-L-D-E with the at the end, .biz, we offer a free training, which is my favorite price. And so if you really want to learn everything <laughs> about, you know, how your brain works and how you can be using it more effectively right now, that's the place to go. There's a, it's for free, it's a video, and it tells you how to get started. Awesome. So that's at DanaWild.biz, and it's W-I-D. LDE. Great. Let's go ahead and before we move on to transitory statements, which I want to get to, 
I want to talk about the power of mantras for a minute because I am a mantra lover. <laughs> and, oh, a lot of people have a lot of people have kind of a iffy feeling about mantras because some of them are used in you know maybe Eastern religions or different things that are uh, maybe not where a person is at. Um, but I just see that it's kind of and um, you know I believe that God made the brain, so I'm just going to say it that way. I, I just see that it's the way that the brain is made. That that the mm-hmm. brain is made to meditate on something, and if you don't give it something good, it'll just pick something else. Is that how you see it? Well, yeah, you know, a lot of times it's sometimes I, I hear people saying, and yes, I couldn't agree with you more. In, in the essence, a mantra is basically a short, positive, conscious thought. It's deliberately thinking something positive. And if you think about it, most of us, I've heard a lot of people say things like, sometimes it feels like my thoughts are thinking me. And, and we get... <laughs> yeah. You know, out where we're in um, in the world and we're influenced by our by our circumstances or whatever kind of you know good and bad things we might be living in our lives right now, and sometimes it can feel like we're running on automatic pilot. We're running in that unconscious state that that brain scientists talk about ninety five to ninety nine percent of the time. And so, when you're making a decision to to think a positive mantra, to really focus on the positive, whether that be with a mantra any one of the other 20 mindware experiments or just with appreciation or, or making a point of, you know, seeing the good, looking on the brighter side of life, turning the other cheek, however you might want to look at it. By doing that, you're really making a decision that you're not going to be a robot operating on automatic pilot the way we have been, you know, programmed by our culture or our circumstances or whatever it is. And, and what's interesting about this to me is that in our experience with working with the people at the Mind Aware, you don't have to start to become aware, you know, 80% of the time or half of the time. You literally, if you can get yourself to shift your thinking and become more aware one half of a percent more of the time, you will start to see radical change in your life. If you can just start to pull your thoughts, and, and there are a lot of little tricks for doing this. Some of the things we recommend for people are to set a phone uh, alarm. So have your phone alarm go off eight or ten times a day with some kind of a positive mantra that you're saying. You know, and it can be something simple like everything's going my way or things are working out for me. And, and if people are thinking they'd rather have it be religious-based, uh, you know, they can put a religious-based mantra of any kind in there they want to. But the idea is to bring yourself into that present moment and to say, okay, right now, no matter what's going on and what I'm feeling, I'm going to take this second to shift myself to the positive. And so, um, and you can do it with all sorts of things. Little, we put little post-it notes up. That's another fun one. Little reminders, stick it on your toothbrush or on your coffee pot in the morning. You know, put it on your alarm clock. You know, wake up and see a little something saying, today's going to be a great day. Well, that puts you in a whole different frame of mind. You start having a better effect on the world. You start creating better and bigger things in your life and for the world and for the planet and for your family and everybody when you are a better you. Absolutely. I, I do that. Uh, one of the ways that I do it is to um, do it with every bite. Uh, every time I put a bite in my mouth, I just pause and am grateful for the bite and really enjoy it. And, you know, in that process, I've lost over 50 pounds. It's really, really wonderful to just pause in the midst of a hubbub day and, you know, just, 
just be grateful for something. Just really enjoy something around you. Really be grateful. And it's so uh, easy to do when you build it in. Let's talk a little bit about transitory statements. Uh, first of all, what are they and what are their values and how do you do them? Great. Yeah, first of all, I love that, Marnie. That's so good about the bite and appreciation. Oh, my gosh, it's just excellent. And and you're right. When you well, you take mindful, one to do a day. <laughs> yeah, you, you do. So it really is a good excuse, isn't it? You know, if you're it in is, commuter traffic is. all day, do it at stoplights. It's, <laughs> it's the right, same exactly. thing. But it is. It's so nice. And really, what a, what a gift to offer your body, too, that mindfulness of, of being centered and in, in your body and the appreciation. It's just a beautiful one. Transitory statements, part of the reason why we teach transitory statements is because we, perfect language is wonderful, and, of course, it works. That's why, I mean, it's perfect, hence the terminology, perfect language. However, sometimes what happens is people get this picture of Stuart Smalley from back on Saturday Night Live in the 70s walking around saying, I'm good enough, I'm strong enough, and doggone it, people like me. And, and there's this, this feeling that, you know, it's silly or it's stupid or I'm lying to myself. You know, so uh-huh. we can use all the perfect language in the world, but if we don't have that third element of believability, it's not going to work. And if we don't have that believability and if we feel like we're lying to ourselves, we're certainly not going to have the emotional impact. So transitory statements are kind of a workaround on that, and many, many of the mind work experiments deal with different ways to do transitory statements. But one of the easiest ones I can explain to you right now that your listeners can start putting into practice immediately. As soon as you're done listening to this, you're going to love it. It's so easy. Let's go back to our filmmaker. So he's at an event. He's shy. He leaves the event. He starts beating himself up. So he's been shy his whole life. So he can't. He just sees it as ridiculous to start saying a perfect language mantra like, I'm an extrovert. I'm an extrovert. I'm an extrovert. I mean, it's just ludicrous, right? And and it would just never work because his brain would argue with him. You know, his little his, he'd say, I'm an extrovert, and his little conscious mind would jump up and say, no, you're not. You've been shy your whole life, right? So it's it doesn't have any impact. So what we did is we started working with him with transitory statements, and he started saying things like, I'm shy, but I connect with all the right people. So this word but... This is one of the ways you can implement a transitory statement. We've all kind of been told to be afraid of the word but because what it does is it negates everything that comes before it. But it's one of the very powerful words in the English language, and you can use it to your, to your uh, advantage by putting it after the situation you don't like so in, in, or that you're trying to change. So in his case, he would say, I'm shy, but I connect with all the right people. I'm shy, but... People like my style. I'm shy, but I do well one-on-one. I'm shy, but I'm getting just the right people for my project. And, and he would continue to say those transitory statements. He didn't have to give up who he is. He could still continue to be the shy person he's always been, but it was no longer standing in the way of his success with his projects. And this is how it works for all of us. And you can do it um, for yourselves regardless if you're a procrastinator, if you um, – are quick to temper, you know, if you have any kind of issues that you're wanting to change in your life, just add the word but and state the new situation as though you're in transition, in, you know, your tra- transitory statement. So it's not perfect language. And your, your brain is matching it up as though it's not 100% perfect, but that's okay because the bigger goal is that it's making you feel good. 
And as long as you're feeling good, this is really the crux of everything we teach. When you can keep your brain in a feeling good uh, attitude and emotion, you're going to have greater success. When you're in a negative frame of mind, the creative pathways in the brain are constricted. You have less access to creative thinking and creative ideas. And so when you keep your brain in a positive state, everything goes easier. Everything in your life goes, it goes easier. The action you take works better. That is so awesome. I do have one follow-up question here on that. You're saying repeatedly, kind of at the beginning of these phrases, you're saying something that you don't want to forever be true. <laughs> I am shy or I am broke or I am whatever. Um, that, that is a very powerful statement too. Where is the point at which you can begin to shift that over? I, and and uh, is there a faster way to make that happen? Uh, before the butt. Is yeah, what I mean. yeah, there is. Yes, absolutely. There is a point where you can shift it over. And you know, the reality is, um, you'd be kind of amazed at how quickly it happens. I mean, it's it's pretty fast. We've kind of been led to believe, and there's still a lot of people teaching this idea that the brain sabotages you. And you know, it's kind of like image of brain as mugger. You know, standing behind a tree, just <laughs> ready to to jump out and sabotage you at any turn. And and there's this idea that your your unconscious mind is not your friend, and and it just nothing could be further from the truth. We we've been finding with mantras, even with perfect language mantras, that people are not totally a hundred percent believing, but they're still creating good feelings. People are seeing evidence of their positive statements within a matter of days. A few days, they're starting to mm. see, and and the very first evidence, of course, is that they're feeling better. Once you start to feel better the change starts to happen quickly. So let's take the, the case of using a transitory statement like this. I'm shy, but, uh, you know, people like my style. And, and ultimately your ultimate goal, let's say, and, and not everybody this would be their ultimate goal, but let's say the person has an ultimate goal of not being so shy. Well, what would happen is after saying those statements for a while, things would start to feel so normal in that state, and not really necessarily a super long time. It might be within a matter of a few weeks that would start to feel so normal that then you might start to shift the transitory statement and you might start, in some of the other examples, you might start to shift it to something more like, you know, I, I used to be shy, but I see I'm, I'm really coming out of that. You know, I'm starting to have a shift. It's funny, but maybe it's my age, but I'm starting to make a shift now. I'm starting to notice, I'm starting to notice that things are different for me. You know, I was shy my whole life, but now I'm starting to notice I'm not as shy as I used to be. Now, again, you're not walking around saying, I'm an extrovert, but you're, you're right. starting to notice that the shift is taking place. So now the brain says, okay, let's match that up. I'm starting to notice that I am getting where I'm going. Well, pretty soon, and again, in a very short amount of time, you start to, that starts to feel normal. Well, once that starts to feel normal, then the, you, you kick it up a notch again and kick it up a notch again, and pretty soon you so normally feel extroverted or you know, meet your deadlines or patient instead of quick to temper, all of those things that you kind of even forget that you ever were the other way before because you let the transition happen so gradually and slowly instead of the old-style method that we've been taught, which is force yourself to behave differently until you, you feel right. differently. It's a painful way to go about it. This is so much easier. 
Yeah, I always um, I always teach non-resistance persistence, so that instead of fighting mm-hmm. against what it is you're trying to change, that you actually flow around it to get to where you want to be, <laughs> over it, under it, however you got to get there. But uh, that there's this there's this sense of peace about going oh, from where you are totally to where you right. want to be. In, yeah, instead of this sense of aggravation and agitation and always this grinding and grating, um, which just takes all the fun out of everything. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. Okay. You, couldn't be, you couldn't be more right. It's like embracing it, really. You're right, right. Even though you're not, really, you're not really embracing the thing you want to leave behind, you are just embracing the reality that it's there. You're just saying, mm-hmm. I see that there is a boulder in front of me. I think I will not try to bash my head into it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> so, how questions. I love, Noah St. John has done a lot of work with this, with the affirmations, where instead of just telling your brain, I am, you know, uh, abundant or whatever, that you actually take it to a question. What, are, what do you understand about the power of questions? Well, we actually have three different methods for using questions in the book, and um, it's really fun. We have a lot of fun with it because um, I'm sure, as you said, there are a lot of people talking about questions, but one of the nice things is the brain has a a natural responsiveness to questions in that it wants to answer questions. It it automatically kicks in to answer questions. And so when you're asking it um, ideas, you know, for ideas, and, and the how questions in particular, we're taking more advantage of the unconscious mind and most people can identify with this and the, the, the idea of have you ever um, lost your keys or maybe not thought of a, a word like you're talking and somebody has an actress name in mind and you can't think of who it is. And what does everybody say? Well, just don't think about it and it will come to you. Well, that is the brain's uh, natural inclination to want to answer questions. It wants to solve problems for you on your behalf. And if you can just turn it over and not think about it, your brain will keep working on it. Einstein actually used this method quite a bit for solving problems that he was working on. So the how questions, what's, what's fun is, and it takes a little bit of practice. This is a little bit you know, more advanced, but you get used to feeling good. You get used to doing your mantras. You get used to you know, saying positive things and feeling positive. I'm a, uh, I'm a well, let's say I have a million-dollar business. I have a million-dollar business. I have a million-dollar business that feels so good. Then you might throw in occasionally a little question. I wonder how, how can I get a million-dollar business? Now, you don't dwell on it because sometimes those how questions, when you dwell on them, what happens is and you try to answer them with your conscious mind, then, you know, you start to, the stress starts to say, oh, no, how can I do it? It's going to be careful. So you just <laughs> yeah. throw it in as like a little, I like to call it like a little shock, a little, little shock treatment of how can I get a million-dollar business? And then you just drop it and you go back to, I have a million-dollar business. Isn't life great? I have a million-dollar business. I wonder how I'm going to do that. Boom, drop it again. Don't think about it, and the answer will come to you. And then what happens is during those times when we're most unconscious, we're out there driving on the highway, you know, going into completely unconscious mode because, and I know people have had this experience, you're driving, 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 and all of a sudden you're like 10 miles up the road and you're, how did I get here, (laughs) right? Or people always say, I get my best ideas when I'm in the shower. Well, that's because you're going into that unconscious state. It's something you've done all the time. It's a habit. You've turned it over to your unconscious mind. Those are the times then when you've asked those little how questions, like those little jolts of lightning, that the ideas will come to you. How to have that solution. The brilliant idea will come to you to do it. 
Yeah, love it. And you can even do the questions in the uh, affirmative so in the present already received. So how did I? And that's, that's yes. a really awesome, powerful way to go about the yes. questions too. Now how about the word because? Tell us how to use that. Yeah, excellent point too, Marnie. Thank you for that. Yeah, the word because is one of my favorites because it's a um, power word in the English language. And of all the words in the English language, it maybe has the most actual research backed up on it on why it's so powerful. So the word because is a trigger word that tells your brain whatever comes after this, it must be true. You should believe what you just heard because this is the truth. I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to give you the truth. So let's say, for example, you um, want to lose weight. We'll use weight. Let's say you want to lose uh, 20 pounds. So you decide to do a mantra about I weigh X number of pounds or um, I have a healthy, strong body or I am physically fit. If, if you add a because statement to the end, because, and you can say anything you want to after it, it really makes no difference what you say after it. It's just that word because triggers the brain that, well, this must be true. So we have some fun with this because a lot of times people who want to do mantras or want to start doing positive statements, they want two things in their lives. They say, yeah, but I want to lose weight, but I also want to make more money. And I said, well, throw in a because statement. You can say, uh, I have an active, healthy body because I'm making so much money. You know, we even used to joke uh, with my, my team members that they could say, you know, I have a rockin' business because I eat a banana every day. You know, because I, I do a full moon dance on every Thursday. I mean, anything you say after that because really doesn't make any difference. The brain hears that word because and says, okay, that's true. That must be true because you use that word. Does that make sense? It does, and you know what's interesting is that I've used that in our businesses. We have a restaurant and a retail store, and uh, I've used that in the businesses when we're training new staff, and I always tell the team leaders, Never just give an instruction. Always say, here's how I want you to do it because this is why. And I want them to yeah. give them a real reason, not because you eat bananas, but <laughs> give them the real reason. <laughs> but the, the reality is, though, that adding the because statement so deeply reinforces the first part, the instruction part. It changes it completely. Yeah, it does. And, and the, the study they did on it, it was really interesting. The one in particular that I quote in the book, they talk about this Xerox line. And, you know, the percentage of people, there's a long line for the, the photocopying machine, and somebody wants to cut in the front of the line in the study. And they would use a statement as simple as, I can I cut in front of you because I need to make some copies, which is so obvious. But it, for some reason, that word because puts people on the, the – uh, <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. Yes, of course you can. You can cut in front of me. I mean, that's how ingrained it is in our language, and at least here in the English language, it's definitely a power word, and you can use it so easily. You can start using it right now. One thing that we like to train too is remember that your because statement it doesn't have to be an actual fact of something you're doing. So, for example, weight loss one, somebody might be wanting to say, "I have a a fit." healthy body because I run for a mile every day or because I use the treadmill or because I do yoga. Well, you could also just say because I'm thinking differently, because I'm, I'm happier, mm -hmm. because I'm looking at my life differently, because I, I feel better, because I'm sleeping better. I mean, you can make it all sorts of things that aren't necessarily related to the initial thing, but they support it. 
Yeah, excellent. This is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with Dana Wild, the author of Train Your Brain and her website. And the free gift for you is waiting over at DanaWild.biz. It's D-A-N-A-W-I-L-D-E dot B-I-Z. We're going to come right back and do some live practicing, some mind work experiments. Don't go away. As the web hostess of WomenSpeakers.com, which is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, connecting over 1,700 speakers with thousands of women's ministry leaders who come to the site to find speakers from upcoming events, it is my great joy and honor to welcome you if you are a Christian woman who is a speaker who is ready to go share a story or a message with different groups, you come on over and join over there. You can get a free listing, which is a text-only listing, or you can pay for a full-page profile. Of course, if you have the full page it's going to get more attention than if you have the texting but either way join us over at womenspeakers.com And as the date of this airing, this live airing is, we are just a couple weeks out from spending two weeks with the CEOs of Mops and Stonecroft and Lisa Morgan, who's the uh, president emeriti from uh, Mops, and also some Mops leaders. And they're going to talk to us about how to be a speaker for Mops and Stonecroft, how to invite speakers, where to find them, how to treat them. And those are coming right up, and you can learn all about that over at Marnie'sFriends.com. Today's program is with Dana Wild. We're having such a great time and the hour is flying by. Train your brain, supercharge your results. Dana, I'd like us to move into some practice experiments and your book is full. I think there's like 20 of these different ones in your book, but I picked out a couple that I really loved and I wanted everybody to just experiment with these to get a taste of what it's like to go through your book. So can you take us through the thought observation exercise? Yes, absolutely. You know, really, this kind of goes back a little bit to um, what we were talking about before about being aware, being aware of those thoughts that that go through your head. And and part of the reason we called these exercises mindware experiments is we really wanted everybody to think of it almost like a scientist would think about it and to have fun with with these experiments because it's easy sometimes when you catch yourself uh, you know saying things to yourself and I've been doing this 30 years and I'm just going to tell y'all I catch myself every day saying something that's not productive <laughs> in my brain you know so mm. just mm-hmm. know that those negative thoughts they they aren't necessarily going to go away but what happens is that we get better at catching them. We catch them faster and we don't take them so seriously and we laugh at them more and we we make those draw those conclusions as to why we're getting the results you're getting. So with the thought observation exercise, all we're doing is we're really making that connection between what we're thinking about in our minds and what our outside picture looks like. You know, so if you are um, angry about something, you know, you're thinking some angry thoughts and you notice that you're having an angry reaction, making that connection that it's my thoughts, I'm thinking these things in my head, and this is why I'm having the reaction I'm having. If you catch yourself, like I said earlier, the one I catch myself all the time on is the I'm so busy one. If you catch yourself talking about I'm so busy all the time, start to notice that connection. And sometimes it's challenging to do it 
with ourselves when we start out. So sometimes it's easier to notice other people. Maybe you have the friend who chronically or always talks about how sick they are. And then, you know, isn't it interesting they always seem to catch every bug that comes around? You know, start to make those connections and notice what people are talking about and what kind of lives they're living. And that goes for your own, thinking about your own too. Because this is the crux of it. Once you can make that connection, then you start to realize just how easy it is to make the shift too and make the change in your life. Absolutely. I still, my favorite one to tell about is the day that I left my home and I was homeschooling kids and I walked out the door and I'd given them assignments and everything, but it was clear to me that I needed to be there. And I walked out to my car, I had to go to the restaurant and meet a vendor there. And I walked out toward my car thinking, oh, I just need to stay. I just can't go right now, but I have to. I hate this. And I got in my car and I drove over to the restaurant, and by the time I was done meeting with the vendor and I had to go over to the retail store because there was somebody over there waiting for me, and they were in a rush. They were so swamped with business, and I, I walked out the door of that having to go to the next place thinking, oh, I shouldn't leave them. They really need me here. I just hate it that I can't help, and I drove over to the next place. <laughs> and as I was driving over the next place, I thought, I thought, I'm really being mean to myself. I'm just doing the best I can. Obviously, I can't be everywhere at once, and it's really okay. They're all going to be fine, and, you know, that's what I found is when I left the retail store and went back home, the the kids had, you know, figured it out, and and they had questions for me, but they'd kept on working while I was gone. You know, what's interesting is that when we give ourselves permission to just be human, be, do the best we can. Say, is this the best choice for me right now? And if it is, go ahead and go forward and be kind to yourself. It changes everything. Nothing changed about my circumstances that day, but boy, did my life change because I just quit beating myself up about not being able to be everywhere at once. Oh, that's such a good story. I love that. And it's so true about, you know, your life may not have changed, but you're, the way you felt about it. The circumstances didn't have to change, but your life changed. I love that phrase. I'll tell you something else that's interesting about that story, too, is that when you get better at giving yourself a break and remembering that you're just doing the best you can and that you're only human and you're on the path and you're, you know, we're all just doing the best we can, suddenly it becomes so much easier to give everybody around us a break, too. Absolutely. I always I always say that, and, and I teach that to our staff and to my kids. I taught that, that if someone's giving you a really hard time regularly, you know, they're a person who really has a horrible life usually. They're, they're very unhappy. They're unhappy with themselves, and so, of course, they're going to be unhappy with you, and you need to really be a duck and let that roll off a little bit and not not absorb that because that's a person that's just very sad and any kind of love you can express to them is going to go a long way. I mean, because they're not used to receiving it because they're used to giving out so much angst that usually people just mirror that back to them. And, you know, in that moment, if we can express love and genuine care for the person, it really, it really can have a life changing difference on them. Let's talk about that. Then. Yeah. Be an up, be an uplifter. I like that. Yeah, be, be an uplifter. Be the one that changes it. Right. Change, change the way. Mm-hmm. Very um, good. Turn it around. Turn it around exercise, what, what is that? Well, turn it around is really one of the very first exercises we, we have in the book. And the reason we do this mindware experiment is because once you first start doing this, you're, it becomes so easy to just fall into habits and think these thoughts. And then we think, the, you know, we think the thoughts again. So to give you an example, in, and many people have had this experience where you, you put on a pair of pants and it's 
suddenly not fitting the way it used to, and you have that immediate thought of, oh, I'm getting so fat, you know, or, oh, I, I hate my body, or whatever it might be, that initial reaction that we have, just like you were talking about in the car of, ugh, you know, so we become more aware, we catch ourselves doing that. Well, now we've had that experience, and we know that we're not going to start to say, oh, I'm so thin, or I'm a waif. <laughs> you know, we know we're not going <laughs> to be able to switch it around on a dime like that. But, but those first experiments of just trying to turn it around and trying to coax ourselves into better feeling thoughts. So right in that moment, right when you're having that experience, play with a few thoughts to see if you can just get yourself feeling better. That's the only goal of anything we do at the Mind Aware and with Train Your Brain. The only thing we're ever trying to do is get, yourself, get ourselves feeling better. So you have that reaction, oh, I'm getting so fat. And then immediately ask yourself, and the question I like to ask myself is, is this the message I want to match? Because I know my brain mm. is going to work on my behalf <laughs> right now, the second I said that, and is this the message I want to match? Well, if it's not, then what can I say to make myself feel better? Well, I, I don't, it feels like I'm lying when I say I'm a waif, and it feels like I'm lying when I say I'm getting thinner every day. So what can I say? Well, I'm happy I'm healthy. I do, I do like my strong body. I like that I'm strong. It is, I appreciate my body. I like that it gets me from here to there. You know, play with some phrases. You know, you may not land on one that's perfect, but I'll bet you could find three or four that feel better than what you were saying. And so with, an, with enough practice doing this experiment, even for a few days, you start to get pretty good at turning it around. You start to get pretty good at not just accepting that negative feeling that you get when you say that horrible thing to yourself, and you start getting better at going, okay, I'm, I may not get this into perfect language, but I can certainly make it feel better. You know, I am, I am happy that I'm healthy. I am happy that my body takes me around. I do appreciate my body. I'm very lucky I've got so many things going for me. I mean, there's so many things we can think that, and say that sound better than, gosh, I'm getting so fat. I love your question. Is this the message I want to match? That is such a great question to just keep in front of ourselves at all time, whatever we're thinking. Is this really what I want? Because uh, our our minds are so powerful. They are just like I always say, it's like a freight train, and and you're going along, and all of a sudden you have this different thought, you know, something you've never thought before, and all of a sudden you want the train to just turn hard right, and it's not going to happen, but you'd flip the train over. It's going to take a little time. You've got to go around a curve and slow down a bit and, you know, make these adjustments. Um, switch tracks, whatever it takes to make to make the change. And it's not the frame of your good, mind. You have such good visuals. I love your I love your stories well, and your visuals. That's so perfect. I, I really love I really love all this stuff and, and, and the newer the newer research, Dana, just turns my crank. That's just like unbelievable what we understand about the brain now. It's so Isn't exciting it to me. Because I feel like for a long time now people have been really stuck, really stuck in habits and addictions because we didn't understand why they were so hard mm-hmm. to break. And all of a sudden here in the last, you know, year or two, you really I'd say I'd say eighteen months is there's the, the the change of the information that's out there is so powerful that it really almost chokes me up. I get so excited because there's just so me much help too. here for people. Yeah, very, me very too. fun. And I'll, I'll, tell you some, I'll tell you something else about that that's so exciting because I couldn't agree more. Not only do we now have the science and the research 
and and people are getting hip to it. One of the things that's that's also just chokes me up and gets me excited is how in happiness is right now. I mean, thanks to we've got this, you know, top 40 song, the Because I'm Happy song, and we've got this whole movement, International Happy Day, and people are really getting it that maybe this is what it's all about. Maybe what it's all about is getting happy, feeling happy, being happy. And when you get into that state, then everything else in life becomes so easy. And it's, so it's a really exciting time to be alive. It is. And I love how it lines so perfectly with, with what God says in the Bible. There's a verse that I memorized years ago, Philippians 4.8, and I actually had to do it in uh, acronym PNRPLA is what I did. Uh, so he says, whatever, think, whatever, you're supposed to think about things that are true, noble, TNRP, right, um, um, pure, lovely, and admirable. If anything is like this, if anything is uh, beautiful or praiseworthy, think about these things. And all of this happiness thinking is just reinforcing what God's known all along about our bodies. And it's so cool. Okay, that takes us right into the next exercise, which is the hope exercise. I love this. Yeah, and you're you're so right. I love that that little piece you just added because you're right. It's so supported in the Bible that thinking right and thinking pure and positively is so good. That's just awesome. Thank you for that. The the hope exercise. One of the things that that we think um, have discovered is is everybody loves to be feeling blissful and appreciation. I mean, who doesn't love to just be bouncing off the walls with enthusiasm and passion and excitement and appreciation for life and it's great to be in that state but one of the things we teach about is the emotional scale you know how we we move ourselves from emotion to emotion and and how far apart in the feeling range the feeling of depression or despair is from appreciation and i think sometimes the positive thinking movement we have this idea that you have to be walking around just blissed out you know, in ecstasy and appreciation and big love every moment of every day. And I think it's, you know, really kind of an unrealistic expectation for a lot of us when the reality is there are things in life that are stressful. They're stressful and they're frustrating. We get overwhelmed and when my computer crashes, I have that jolt of, arg, what am I going to do with this technology? And so we do the hope exercise because, and it's a good place, you know, if you're in the emotion of frustration, or overwhelm or feeling stressed. This is a good exercise from that emotional state. And it's really simple. You simply just start saying sentences that start with the two words, I hope. And and obviously, they're not perfect language. They're not going to bring you to a state of where you're bouncing off the walls, ecstatic, blissed out, and passionate about life, but they're going to get you out of that state of frustration and overwhelm. So it would go something like this. I hope I start to feel better. I hope something good happens to me today. I hope things break for me. I hope something makes a shift. I hope I start to feel better. I hope something comes on my radar that I didn't notice before. I hope I start to feel better. I hope things get easier. I hope things get better for me. I hope I find my way. I hope a solution presents itself. I hope I start to feel better. I hope I can think of another hope sentence, right? So you, you keep saying those, those I hope statements over and over and over and over again. And really, if you even do it for, for a couple of minutes, maybe even in just a few seconds here, some people who are in frustration, you start to feel that shift in your body. And if you're doing it for two or three minutes, and, and if you're kind of in a continually stressful, frustrating situation, 
for a, a few days or something. Do it as often as you think about it over two or three days. And what you'll see, we like to say, hope is enough. Hope is enough. Mm. You know, it's great if you can feel confident and knowing and believing and appreciative and uh, ecstatic and blissful and all of those things. But if you can't, just get to hope. Just feel hopeful because if you can, can keep yourself in a state of hopefulness, shift and change can take place from there. You don't have to be this pillar of love every moment of every day, but do try to be hopeful. When you're telling me this, I'm, I'm having this picture of hearing people just throw their hands up and say, it's just hopeless. It, this is just hopeless. Yeah. You know, and it's such a different place to be to at least acknowledge that there may be hope. There may be hope. And, and that's exactly. a huge difference from telling the mind this is absolutely hopeless. And, and I think, honestly, uh, uh, working with uh, a lot of gals in, in marriages, what happens is in marriages somebody loses hope, and that's the number one thing that happens is that somebody loses hope. And if we can mm-hmm. just keep on sowing seeds of hope, a lot more marriages would stay together. Tell, I think we just have time for one more here, Dana, but tell us about the breathing exercise. This is such a simple one that actually when I put it in the book, my, my partner read it and he said, you're not really going to just tell people to breathe, are you? You are going to take that out and change it to something else. And I said, no, this is the one I use most of all. This is my number one mind experiment that I use all the time. And it's so simple. When you catch yourself having that feeling, whatever it is, of stress or overwhelm or anger, whatever, it's that old adage of count to ten, you know, breathe in. Take a real deep breath, center yourself, allow yourself to release that breath and relax. Get yourself in a new frame of mind. Give yourself the opportunity to move to those different mental states to feel more positive by taking that big breath of life and letting it out. Do it two times, it's even better. Do it five times and you're really on your way. So it's such a simple thing and it takes just a few seconds, but it really shifts your emotional level right there in the moment. I love it because you can do it anywhere. <laughs> totally. Okay, so we do, do it all we the time. Do have time. We do have time to do the remix exercise then. So go ahead and tell us that one. Um, the, the remix, I, I, we've got a couple of remixes in there, but I think you're um, talking about asking the different questions. Is that the one you mean? Yeah, let's go with that one. Yeah, the, the remix asking the different questions really has to do with, and this is one of my favorites, if – Wherever you want to be in life, sometimes our behaviors don't change because we don't act like that person where we want to be. So, for example, let's say I want to be a million-dollar business person or I want to be an active marathon runner. The only thing we have to do is in that moment when we're doing something, just say, is this what a million-dollar business owner would be doing? Is, you know, mm-hmm. is this what a marathon runner would doing? How would a million-dollar business owner think about this? How would a marathon runner think about this? How would a wonderful parent think about this? Whatever thing you want to affect in your life, put yourself in the shoes of the person who's got that and ask yourself, how is that person, how would that person think about this situation or do this thing or what would they be doing right now? And when you can do that, when you can ask yourself those kinds of questions, you start making better choices with how you're spending your time. Amazing. Dana, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all of this. Oh, thank you. This was so fun. You're such a joy, and I love what you're doing and what you're bringing to the world. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh, and thank you. And you guys can learn more about Dana and get her free resource over at DanaWild.biz. That's D-A-N-A-W-I-L-D-E dot biz. And that's available to you right now. Head on over. Thank you for being here. I hope you'll also swing by Marnie.com. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.